You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, football fans, to another episode of Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with your Tuesday host, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. On today's episode of Locked On NFL, Sosa Kermin just joins to help us break down one of the best quarterback performances that we will not be able to remember in just a few years. And of course, as host of Locked On Rams, he's also going to discuss with us the quarterback annual and what it tells us about what to expect from Los Angeles with Matt Stafford under center and Jared Goff out the door. Sounds like Sean McVay should be very excited about what's to come and how the Rams will open up a new dimension in their offense. And finally, we'll be joined by Marcus Mosher, and he's going to be bringing us this week's fantasy forum with a breakdown of the Carson Wentz trade, how it affects the Colts, the pieces in Indianapolis and Carson Wentz. Is Jalen Hurts a dynasty target? And where will Curtis Samuel end up and what his fantasy value looks like next season? Once again, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, joined as always on Tuesdays by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And this is Locked On NFL. All right, y'all. Excited to get to it. Sosa, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today, man. Always a pleasure to have you here on Locked on NFL. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to uh, chop it up with you, too. Yeah, man. We'll get to a little bit of Rams talk here in a little bit, but you're also one of our resident PFF experts as well. And of course, one of these one of the biggest releases that has come out here over the recent weeks has been uh, PFF's QB annual. And you mentioned that there is a quarterback performance that is absolutely legendary, but we may not even remember it beyond this season. Tell us a little bit about who it was and what happened. Yeah, unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, he put together, you know, one of the best seasons I think we've ever seen from the quarterback spot. And nobody's going to remember it. You know, the Texans mm-hmm. won four games. Their head coach gets fired midseason. Uh, very forgettable roster, very forgettable team, unfortunately, for Deshaun Watson. But, you know, there's a reason that there's so many teams that are intrigued by the potential of trading for him right now. Obviously, that's the talk of the offseason, and deservedly so. The guy is an incredible player. He's very special. Uh, and when you look at the numbers from the QB annual and, you know, just his numbers in general from the last season, he was the third highest graded passer among all passers. Uh, you look at the numbers from the QB annual in specific, and mm-hmm. honestly, it, you, it's hard to find a flaw in his game. He was ranked first out of 32 quarterbacks in, you know, grade from a clean pocket, which is the most stable and predictive metric to help, you know, project how quarterbacks are going to play in their future seasons. He was first in grade under pressure, second in positive grade rate. Uh, you look at the big time throw percentage, he ranked third out of 32 quarterbacks. So he was pretty much, you know, as good as it gets there. And when you look at all of the things that surrounded him that weren't exactly ideal, like I mentioned, you know, the head coach gets fired. Mm-hmm. Romeo Cornell takes over. He's a defensive guy. It's not exactly, you know, a great play caller or schemer on the offensive side of the ball. He loses his number one wide receiver and Will Fuller for five or six games after he gets suspended. Offensive line's not good. Tight end is iffy at best. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the numbers, you look at his ability to throw the ball accurately. He adds that added element of having the ground game in his legs. And uh, you look at his playmaking ability at the bottom end of it all. I mean, the guy's a special player. Every number, every metric pretty much states that. And uh, it's just unfortunate, you know, because the team won four, four games. And that's pretty hard to find when you find, you know, an elite quarterback playing that well that a team performs that bad. 
yeah, like J.J. Watt nailed it, right? He just says we wasted one of your years. Mm. And it's just this incredible level of play. And we've seen that kind of thing from quarterbacks in the past. You know, I, I think back to some of like the 2011 MVP Aaron Rodgers year. I think to there's been like the, the MVP Matt Ryan year. Um, and those years always kind of ended with at least these, you know, deep playoff pushes or, or these, you know, kind of juggernaut teams. And to just have this excellent performance floundering is so difficult to evaluate. And I think that's why a take like that, like, you know, hey, look how good Deshaun Watson was. And especially, you know, because he's such a uh, hot topic right now. Right. Uh, and, you know, who's going to get him? How much are they going to have to pay for him? And I think it's kind of natural that you're going to get people say he was on a four and 12 team. He can't possibly be that good. So I guess I wonder, what do you say to somebody who says, oh, you know, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks have bad offensive lines. You know, a lot of quarterbacks are on bad teams. Why is it that Deshaun Watson, despite going so bad, like what was so special about the Texans that made that the four and 12 team that undoes all of that good play? You know, it's pretty tough to answer that because I feel like every everything around him was lacking at the end of the day, right? You, you look at the offensive line and they weren't great in terms of pass protection. You look at the running game. Not exactly very productive. David Johnson leaves a lot to be desired, specifically at this point in his career. Mm -hmm. uh, the tight end position, not good. Receiver, you know, they were decent. But again, I mentioned Will Fuller gets knocked out with the suspension. Deshaun Watson is throwing to Kiki Cutie and Chad Hansen. I mean, right. that's pretty, pretty crazy to imagine. But his play didn't drop off at all. And that's part of the reason is, you know, when you look at his ability just to get out of that pocket, scramble, hold the ball, wait for guys to uncover passes first, second, third read, and find plays completely out of structure, not designed in the play whatsoever. And oftentimes these plays end up being 30, 40, 50 yard chunk gains. And that's really what separates him, in my opinion, from the rest of these guys that play very good football as well at his position. It looks like when you look across to Sean Watson here, he can make any throw that he wants to make at any time. Obviously, that's a huge part of what makes him so desirable because he did this in Houston based on all of that, which makes it feel like he did it all by himself. Is that true? Can he translate all of this to just about any team across the NFL? You know, I think there might be another level to his game, to be quite honest with you. Mm. If you place him in a infrastructure with a more stable offensive line, specifically mm -hmm. as pass pro, uh, you know, in pass pro, maybe a team that can run the ball a little bit more and take a little bit more off of his shoulders, because it feels like, you know, the Texans never stood a chance with his heroic performances, never mind if he has an off day. I mean, they're not going to stay in a chance, right? And so um, if you put him, I think, you know, with a creative play caller, we've seen San Fran potentially being in the mix for a guy like Deshaun Watson. I could only imagine the possibilities there. You get him mm -hmm. with a guy like Kyle Shanahan who can scheme up offense, you know, with quarterbacks that are subpar, never mind actually having a guy as talented as Deshaun Watson. When you look at all the heat maps, you know, all the, all the target throws from the QB annual, he was accurate pretty much everywhere. He wasn't mm -hmm. below average at any point on the field. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot there in terms of the capability that he has right now. But I do think there's also a next level that we could potentially see if he goes to a team that has that infrastructure in terms of, you know, the QB, uh, the offensive line, some weapons, and specifically the play caller slash, you know, offensive structure in place. There's a really interesting destination that I've kind of been thinking about ever since uh, around last week. What if Philadelphia made a push? I don't know if they could figure out the cap of it. I don't know if they could figure out the compensation of it. But assuming all that stuff happened, that kind of fit, they put up a reasonable performance in pass blocking. A lot of those players are returning. Um, I, I think Nick Sirianni is going to be able to kind of run whatever he needs to run for whoever his quarterback is. He doesn't know who that person is right now. It, it might be Jalen Hurts. It might not be. 
I kind of feel like that's a fit that could be sneaky, really, really exciting, especially for an Eagles franchise that feels like it's in a spiral right now. Yeah, that'd be great for their franchise for sure. I mean, you know, I look at it like this. There's probably, you know, off the top of my head, 25, 26 teams that should be 100% intent on making a play for, for Sean sure. Watson, bottom line. Like, unless you have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson or something like that, you should be interested in upgrading at this position. You know, it's going to cost a lot. Obviously, we know that. Right. Guy special. There shouldn't even be a price available to go get him, to be quite honest with you, just how good he is. But it sounds like he's intent on leaving. Uh, you know, we don't know 100% if the Texans are going to grant that wish this offseason or not. But man, every single team, in my opinion, should be just waiting at, in the line to go get this guy. And, you know, you mentioned Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia would be a great fit. For real. Hell, the FCF should be calling Deshaun Watson. NBA, NHL, everybody. Everybody <laughs> should yep. be calling Deshaun Watson. <laughs> NHL, goalie Deshaun Watson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, so 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 we're going to talk to you about your beloved Los Angeles Rams in a little bit here. But did you know that those Los Angeles Rams are currently at this very very early juncture favored to win the NFC West, which I think makes sense at plus 175. So that means every team in the in the NFC West has more than 2 to 1 odds to win the NFC West. So if you go to betonline.ag right now, and if you pick the NFC West winner correctly, you will double your money no matter who it is. There is no uh, low, low value, low juice answer. That's betonline.ag. It's your online sportsbook experts. Not only do they have NFL futures and stuff, but they also have NBA, college, NHL, awards, TV shows, reality TV, all the news and odds and scores, everything you could ever want you are covered. So head on over to the website. You can do it on your phone as well. Sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you enter promo code locked on at checkout. That's a 50% welcome bonus. So for every hundred bucks you deposit, that's 50 free dollars to play with with your first deposit. Promo code locked on for that at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, NFL fans, February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports and with our brand new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and me, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, discuss holding space and the balance needed to discuss blackness in sports. Subscribe to Locked On Presents, the podcast feed on radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so so, so you've joined here before uh, on Locked On NFL. I believe it was with Bo to talk a little bit about the Matt Stafford and Jared Goff trade, the what I think is an upgrade into Matt Stafford. Let's get a little bit more granular, get a little bit deeper into it. What are some of the things that you expect the Los Angeles Rams to be able to do now that Matt Stafford is in the building as opposed to uh, Jared Goff? Yeah, you know, I think it's an upgrade as well. Um, and I understand that people are skeptical in terms of what Matthew Stafford can do with the Rams based mm -hmm. on the last 12 years of his NFL career. This is a true veteran, obviously. But to me, you know, you look at Jared Goff, he's a shadow of what he used to be in 2018. I mentioned it in, you know, the prior segment. Carson Wentz, that MVP campaign that he had was an outlier, similar to Jared Goff's 2018 campaign. That's not the guy mm -hmm. that we know anymore. It's been multiple seasons. Um, he's never been able to even come close to recreating that. And so he's regressed over the last two years. He's become a guy that's been very turnover worthy, uh, very turnover prone, makes bad decisions. Um, and it varied from game to game. And that was the issue, right? The consistency was not there. Certain games, he goes into the game and outplays Tom Brady. And then the next week he gets outplayed by Tua Tagovailoa in his first ever career start. 
and throws like three or four interceptions to the Miami Dolphins defense. So very inconsistent. I think that's what did him in at one point. But that's what I think Matthew Stafford is going to bring some more consistency. Uh, I think his ability to push the ball vertical is going to be the biggest difference here, the biggest asset. Sean McVay talked about it in his press conference a few weeks back. He said, you know, we want to find a source of bigger plays this offseason. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's hard to string together 12, 13, 15 play drives time after time. It's you pretty much got to play mistake free football. And with Jared Goff at the helm, you know, as soon as the Rams had a negative play, a false start or a penalty or, you know, even a negative run that would take them off of schedule. Mm-hmm. It was too hard to rebound from. As soon as they got behind the chains, you know, they may as well have punted. So that I think is the biggest difference. It's going to be, you know, expecting a lot less turnovers from the quarterback position, a lot less boneheaded mistakes, a lot more vertical attacking, you know, type of aerial attack there. Try to push those safeties back, those cornerbacks a little bit uh, deeper and make big plays in the passing game because that's not something that we've seen from the Rams dating back to, you know, 2018. They haven't really been able to do it in the last two seasons. For whatever reason that is, some on the offensive line, some on the wide receivers, uh, and a lot on Jared Goff because we've seen John Wolford come in in week 17, and he was immediately trying to push that ball downfield, you know, in his first ever NFL start. And so mm-hmm. uh, that kind of displays, you know, the difference in, in the mindset of a guy like Jared Goff and a guy like Matthew Stafford. I wonder, I, I'm so curious about how McVay is going to approach this change in quarterback because he, like Stafford could not be more different stylistically from Jared Goff. They, I, I'm taking more out of the QB annual here. In each of the last five years, Matthew Stafford had well below average time to throw, meaning he gets the ball out quickly, right? And that's one of his skills is that he can, you know, read the field, make a decision, get the ball out quickly if you wanted to do kind of spread, drop back, three-step drop kind of concept. That's not what McVay wants to do. It's what the Lions always had him do. And I think it always kind of hampered him because he is kind of a deep ball type guy. And I mean, you can do a bootleg, like that's fine. And I think those kind of deep shot plays, running Yankee, you know, some kind of deep post, some go down the sideline, let him put some air under it. I think that he can execute that assignment so well. And I think one of the biggest mistakes the Lions made with Stafford was never asking him to do that nearly as much. I know uh, Patricia kind of wanted to with the bevel offenses and stuff Mm -hmm. um, in the last few years. They wanted to, but then teams figured it out and just sort of played deep zone and they couldn't figure it out. Um, that I I just think it's going to be really interesting to see how McVay sets up those opportunities or do you just lean in and say, listen, I've got a great kind of Drew Breezy, get the ball out quickly. I can completely neutralize everybody's defensive line. You know, you're in a a division with like Nick Bosa and et cetera. Like maybe you just lean into that and, and approach it with a completely different mindset. I'm, I'm just super curious to see what McVay attempts to do, let alone if it works or not. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest, you know, point of intrigues for me as well is the the unknown at this point is because, you know, we've seen Jared Goff with the Rams for five seasons now. I don't even recall what it feels like to watch a different quarterback for the Rams (laughs) because he's been so healthy and so durable. And I'm excited to see it. You know, we've seen the offense devolve into something that was very boring these past few seasons. A lot of flood concepts, a lot of bootlegs, like nobody wants to throw seven yard routes to a tight end, you know, on a little cheap play on a bootleg like that was the only thing that was working though and that was the easiest way for Jared Goff to just simplify his reads and more often than not keep him from imploding which was a common issue for him in the past two seasons so you know I think it's going to open up the offense this edition Uh, I'm excited to see a little bit more you know five wide downfield passing attack that kind of stuff a lot more play action help not necessarily simplify Stafford's reads but simplify the game for him and the offensive line together because the offensive line is iffy at best. And so 
you know, any way you can kind of try to neutralize that pass rush a little bit is going to help. And so uh, I'm expecting, you know, more vertical attack, more downfield, intermediate downfield kind of attack. I think the Rams are going to probably go look for a veteran or, you know, somebody they can find in the draft that can attack that deeper part of the field because they don't really have that in their wide receiver core right now. And I'm not sure if that was by design, but again, Jared Goff was just not looking downfield and it was hampering the offense. Couldn't create a big, any big plays whatsoever. And as soon as they got, you know, behind schedule, it was over. So I'm excited to see what Sean McVay is going to do with Stafford. I think it's going to be by far the best support system he's ever had in his career in terms of offensive scheme, play calling, design, all that stuff. And I'm really excited to see, you know, Stafford can take that next step into the potential, not necessarily elite tier, but very good tier of quarterbacks that are, you know, very consistent from year to year. I think with with both uh, Stafford and Deshaun Watson, to kind of tie both of these together, I think part of the value in players that don't kind of dissolve like Jared Goff does under certain kinds of pressure is that it gives you a floor. Every play can only go so poorly. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Stafford can still throw interceptions and stuff, but by and large, you know, and a failure somewhere doesn't ripple as bad. When you have Deshaun Watson, the worst it can get is it's a a Deshaun Watson scramble drill. That's not so bad. And I think that's a, a really important thing to understand is Make it so that things can't get too catastrophic and a way to make it so that your life can't get too catastrophic. Make sure you are not stranded on the side of the road with <laughs> that's a Matthew Stafford level segue right there, my friend. Got it. Make sure you're not stranded on the side of the road with without some of the uh, some of the essentials like a, a tire changing kit. If you live somewhere where it is wintry and boy, is it getting cold? Uh, maybe aren't used to having snow all over your car. Maybe you need to buy one of those snow brushes that uh, us Midwesterners know everything about. Uh, head on over to RockAuto.com where you can find all of that stuff on the cheap because Rock Auto, unlike brick and mortar auto stores, they don't have a separate price. The brick and mo- the brick and mortar places, they have a separate price for their walk-in reta- retail customers and for their wholesale buyers. So you might be getting ripped off, but Rock Auto has the same price for everybody and you can find everything you need. Just enter your make, your model, and your year. Their catalog is unbelievably expansive and easy to navigate. You can find whatever it is you're looking for. And when you buy something, make sure that at checkout, you let them know that Locked On sent you, right? Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so that they know that we are who sent you at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, y'all. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson NFL show every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news, insight on every matchup, teams, and moves around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now we are wrapping up our Tuesday episode here at Locked On NFL with our good friend Marcus Mosher coming through at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter with our fantasy forum. And of course, Marcus, since the last time that we talked, we got another big quarterback trade in the NFL. Carson Wentz heading over to the Indianapolis Colts. How does that trade affect the Colts? Carson Wentz and of course whoever's going to be quarterback after Carson Wentz in Philadelphia should I be investing in Jalen Hurts right now oh these are all good questions let's start with Carson Wentz um I think if you have him in dynasty football you're not really going out and trying to acquire him if you have him you're not trying to sell him I just think he's a hold right now 
but it's more interesting for the pass catchers, right? We're trying mm-hmm. to figure out which guys may add value or may gain value uh, with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I'll tell you who it isn't. It's none of the underneath guys. It's not Naheem Hines. It's mm-hmm. not Paris Campbell. It's not, I mean, it's none of those guys who it might be is Mo Alley Cox. We've seen mm-hmm. Carson Wentz in his history as a quarterback in the NFL. He loves throwing to the tight end. Mo Alley Cox, maybe the biggest tight end I've ever seen in, in <laughs> my uh, entire time covering the NFL. I think he gets a little bit of a bump. I think Michael Pittman could get a bump as a downfield to target. Uh, but Paris Campbell, Naheem Hines, I'm, I'm certainly downgrading those guys. Yeah. So what about the other side of the coin, which is Jalen Hurts? And then I guess it, you would ask about like some of the Eagles skill players, but we have no idea who's still going to be in, in Philadelphia by the time we actually play football. Yeah. So we've already had Deshaun Jackson be released. We've had Alshon Jeffrey uh, be released. Those guys really didn't factor in any ways last year, but uh, they're yeah. certainly out of the picture now. It feels like, like Jalen Ragor. Like, yeah, I mean, he he's probably the guy, but Rager's strength is making plays down the field. You know, he's a vertical receiver playing on the outside. I'm not sure Jalen Hurts is that type of quarterback to make plays down the field. Uh, maybe it's Dallas Goder. I mean, a lot of people still like him, especially around the dynasty community. But for me, Luke, it's probably Miles Sanders. We've seen in the history of the NFL, when you get one of these dual threat athletic quarterbacks back there, uh, we've seen a lot of these running backs return value. I think the best example hmm. is Chris Johnson with Vince Young, right? As soon as Vince Young hmm. got the starting job in Tennessee, we saw Chris Johnson take off. When it was Michael Vick in Atlanta, we saw Warwick Dunn and TJ Duckett have huge years. I think this offense with Jalen Hurts behind center is going to it. Man, <laughs> TJ Duckett, yeah, TJ Duckett. Now, listen, it's not quite the same for uh, Ross's guy, Alvin Kamara, right? Jason Hill comes in and uh, everything drops off. But, but I do That's think he's Miles not a Sanders. quarterback. Well, no, I mean, no, he's not. I didn't not. sign up for violence today. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I did. Mean, we did. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. Alvin Kamara's fantasy value is just tanking right now. If if Taysom Hill is a quarterback it's next true. year, it's but, true. No, I do. I think Miles Sanders, who was a bit of a disappointment last year for fantasy players, I think mm-hmm. we could see his value uh, get back to you know RB12, RB13 this year under Jalen Hurts. Do you have an outlook so far as to maybe where uh, Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz rank amongst other fantasy quarterbacks for Dynasty at this time? It's a really good question because how confident are we that either of these players are going to be starting quarterbacks in 2022, right. 2023? I yeah. Think yeah, I think Wentz is way more likely to, to keep that job in Indianapolis. Uh, but if Jalen Hurts can keep that job in Philadelphia, you're looking at a top five or six dynasty asset at quarterback because when he played – he put up monster, monster numbers. So mm-hmm. it's a big year for Jalen Hurts. If he can hold on to that job, we're looking at somebody that you should be valuing similarly to Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. And that seems crazy to say, but that's just the value of those dual threat quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of that gets decided on draft night too. Like yes. by by the time we know whether or not the Eagles took a quarterback at six or traded, or if they just took, you know, Jamar Chase or whatever, then we can kind of know 
uh, like what what the future is for Jalen Hurts. Your buy low window on Jalen Hurts might be the day before the draft, right? You might be yeah. able to get him for a song, and then as soon as that draft is over and Philadelphia doesn't take a quarterback, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to trade for him. So if you're interested in Jalen Hurts, from now until the night of the draft might be the time to go try to acquire him. I want to shift gears here to something that you and Kate were talking about on Locked On Dynasty, which is Curtis Samuel and kind of what is happening with him. Carolina's in a weird spot. Sounds like they're really aggressive suitors for Deshaun Watson, and if that affects things with Curtis Samuel, but also just that that kind of crew of skill players is something that's, uh, I guess, difficult to parse, especially not knowing who the quarterback is going to be if it's Teddy or somebody else in 2021. Yeah, Curtis Samuel is really interesting because he is somebody who we've seen his production go up every single year in the NFL. When he got when he was drafted, he was really a running back coming out of Ohio State that was learning the wide receiver position. But in 2020, he had a thousand total yards and five touchdowns. Uh, we saw him use more as a runner, 200 rushing yards. If he goes to Washington in this kind of offense that's a little bit positionless, uh, like Ron Rivera wants it to be, I think I think Samuel could be a decent wide receiver three with maybe wide receiver two upside. Obviously, the quarterback situation here is going to decide everything because if it's Alex Smith or Marcus Mariota, that just doesn't add a lot to the offense. But if they happen to be one of these teams that lands a top three or four quarterback in this draft or they surprise us with the Deshaun Watson trade, everybody on that offense is going to gain value. So Mm -hmm. I like the talent of Colonel Samuel. I like the fit in Washington if he goes there. Um, and we'll see what the quarterback situation has in store for uh, the Washington football team. So what do you think the likelihood is of like Washington's quarterback situation working out such that Curtis Samuel, like is Curtis Samuel somebody who's worth buying right now uh, before we know that? Like, is it likely enough that he ends up in a good quarterback situation? I, I think so. I think whoever Washington gets in there is going to be competent, right? I think they're going to get, I, th- I really feel like the floor Luke is Marcus Mariota. If they can't get something done with a bigger name, that's who they're going to go out and acquire. And while Mariota isn't all that exciting, he's good enough to be accurate on the short to intermediate passes, which is what Curtis Samuel does uh, at the highest level. So I think now is a good time to buy Curtis Samuel. Only 24 years old, doesn't turn 25 uh, until August. I think he's a good buy low candidate right now. All right, everybody. So we didn't talk much about the drafts today, which is just a shame during draft season. But lucky for all of you, tomorrow is draft day. Wednesdays here on the Locked On NFL podcast are draft days with Tony Wiggins and James Rappi, and they're going to bring somebody on from the Locked On NFL draft uh, pod of experts that we have for all of you. So make sure you come around, stick around on Wednesday, see who your team could maybe be thinking about mock drafts, all of that good stuff. In the meantime, I'm Luke Braun here with Ross Jackson. And thank you all for listening to the Locked On NFL podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.